Yeah, and I, I, I love that girl. Jacqueline's a, a really special. And um, what God can do in a life, what God can do for everyone's life, what God can do for your, for your life, that's really what this, uh, this, this year is about. I mean, it's about hope, and hope does change lives. And we have a living hope, a hope that's alive in us, that, that changes things. It, re- it really does. Hey, um, I, again, welcome to Mariners 2019. I'm, I'm glad that y'all uh, came today. Um, how do you feel about the new year? How do you feel about uh, 2019? How do you feel about it? feel good about it? Some of you are saying, man, this is, this is great. I have a lot of excitement of things that are going to be happening, right? And some of you may be a little anxious about some things, you know, that it could be happening to you. Maybe there's a little bit of fear, you know, you're not quite sure what's going to happen. And, 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 and maybe there's just high expectations that things will be really, really awesome. But, but there's one word that actually brings out an attitude that many of us need and, and, and will help us go on. And that's the word behind me. And that's the word hope. Um, in Spanish, it's, it's a beautiful word, esperanza. And this coming year, we want to call it a year of hope. Not just because hope's a good thing to have, you know, but because hope's really necessary. I mean, hope changes life for, for us. And, and we want to talk about how God becomes our source of hope. And, and, and maybe for some of you this year, you're going to get it for the, just like Jacqueline did, where, man, you know, my life was going along kind of this or that or down. And, 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 but once I got the hope of God through Christ, things, things change around quite a bit. Um, how many of you, this is one of your favorite verses. I'm going to show it on the screen. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a, and there's that word, you know, there's the word hope, and a future. you got to admit, it's a great verse, isn't it? I mean, it's a terrific verse. It's got hope, it's got future, it's got God getting plans for us, and it's a really up thing, you know, as we read it. Now, when, when God uses that word, he really does not use it in what, what I will simply call the, the wimpy way of, of hope. And we can use the word hope um, in, a, in, a, in a fairly simplistic way, like, you know, I hope we get pizza for dinner tonight. You know, we use that word hope. Or, or I hope the movie is going to be good, you know. Or your kids kind of, as they walked in today, maybe it's like, I hope Paul's message is really short. You know, maybe you're, you're asking for those kinds of, of words. And that's, by the way, super wimpy when you use it that way. But when God uses the word hope, it's, it's a little bit different. And when the Bible uses it, it has a lot more meaning and a lot more depth. It means more than just simply a wish. It means actually fact. So much a fact that I'm going to be able to depend my life on it or base my life on it. It is optimism. It is, it is that thing that I am trusting and depending upon so much. It's an assurance in my life. So therefore, if I have hope because I am hopeful, I will not be afraid. It's going to change my life, not just a wish for this evening's pizza, but it's going to change my entire life around this. I hope so I'm not afraid. I have hope so I can walk into the future. Now, now um, um, some of us are optimists and some of us are pessimists, okay? Okay, all the optimists, can you raise your hand? Can you get your hands up, raise your hands up? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, good, wonderful. Pessimists, any pessimists? Yeah, yeah, see, 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 it's always, it's always the same. Optimists are always like this, you know, pessimists are, you know, if they do it at all, right, right, I, I get you, you know, because I'm one of you, actually. Actually, I'm a realist. Um, you optimists, you see the glass as half what? 
Half full, yeah. You pessimist, see the glass is half empty, yeah. For me, I'm a realist. I think the glass is twice as big as it needs to be, okay? It's just, it's just, it's just too big. Well, let's suppose half of us are pessimists, half of us are optimists. A person of hope sees the glass is held firmly in God's hands. Do you see how that's a little bit different? See how it's a little bit different than whether it's half full or half empty? Somebody who has hope sees that the glass is held firmly in God's hands, and that's the difference. It sees beyond the glass, whether it's full, empty, got fingerprints on it, it's got backwash in it, whatever else it is. And you can change the word glass to my life, okay? Someone with, who has hope, and this is what we want to discover and uncover and, and, and grab. Someone who has hope says, no matter what happens, my life is held firmly in God's hands, no matter what. My life, my life is held firmly in God's hands no matter what I'm, I'm going through. Beyond the circumstances, God's in control of this thing. And, and when I sense that and when I know that and when I feel that and have experienced that, my life, my life changes. It, it, create, it changes everything. And therefore, the plans he has for me give me what? What's that word? Hope. They, 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 they give me hope. Now, now that verse, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Um, I mean, it sounds like the guy that wrote it, you know, was, you know, I'm walking on sunshine, you know, and everything's going well, and everything's going good, everything's going smooth, you know. Something tells me I'm into something good, you know, because it just seems like everything is really, really good. Well, things weren't like that when Jeremiah, who wrote it, things weren't like that. Every Bible verse that you look to, and if you were opening a Bible, every verse has a context. There's an author that wrote it, and there's a situation that they are writing about or writing because of or writing in the midst of. Those are the way that, that all literature actually is written, and the Bible is, is like that. There's a purpose and a time and a place for when it was written, and this one too. When Jeremiah was writing it, it's not like he's laying on a beach with a pina colada, okay? That's not what's going on here. Um, in the book of Jeremiah, he was a prophet, and he knew what was going to happen. And it didn't take to be a prophet to know what was going to happen. There were lots of big, major world powers going around that, those times. And Judah, or Judea, where he was living, was just a tiny, tiny, like, little country, little, little spot, a little speck, a little crumb. And so you have Babylon, the Chaldeans are just simply marching through and devouring whole nations. And then they just simply set their target on now Judea. And it's Judah. And it's not, it's not going to take much to flick them off the map. And so they've assembled 100,000 soldiers around the city. And so it doesn't take, again, a prophet to figure out what's going to happen next. They're going to get taken away. They're going to get wiped off the map in just simply a matter of days. This is the situation. Now, it's hard for us to relate to that. I was just trying to think about that. You know, it's like, okay, I get it, history. You know, they have a besieged city, and they have ramparts or building and all this kind of stuff. We don't really understand that kind of stuff because we've never experienced it. The kinds of things that we've experienced are like the stock market drops, and we lose half of our retirement. And we go into all kinds of paroxysms. You know, it's like, oh no, what am we going to do? Or the transmission completely blows in our car, and we think, my goodness, I don't, I don't need that. Or somebody gets an, an illness that's that's close to us. Add up all of those things, but make it a hundred times worse. It's not just simply that your four hundred one k went down in value. You lost it all. It's gone, and it's never coming back. And your property is going to be taken away by somebody else. 
and you're going to be actually loaded up into a bus and transported someplace in the middle of Nevada, you know, Bakersfield, or wherever else, and you're going to have to live there for us life in some kind of a camp, and you got nothing, and the chances of your returning are nil. You're not going to survive ever seeing your home again. You're going to split up from your family. This is the situation that he's writing about. During that time, Jeremiah, or another biblical writer, he wrote down their feelings about what was happening. And it's in the book of Lamentations. And the book of Lamentations is in the next book of the Bible after Jeremiah. And do you all know what a a, a lamentation is or a lament is? It's kind of like, things are going really bad, and I'm so sorry about it. You know, to lament is is, is like that. It's a complaint and sorrow and despair written all down. You know, I'm lamenting about that. Um, What could have been pessimism, disappointment wrapped up together. And I was was reading the book of Lamentations. You know, I was just looking through it. And and here's a picture of the Bible, of my Bible that I was uh, was reading. And and I I just show that because if you can look closely, maybe if you have really good eyesight, which I don't, um, you can see all the places I underlined. And I underlined all the he's. Because I saw all of a sudden all these he's that start all these sentences, and the he reverse to God. And I thought, whenever you see those kinds of parallelism in the Bible, you should probably take note and figure out what's going on by saying that. It was just a unique thing to see. All kinds of, of he statements about what God was doing, okay? And how the guy was feeling about what God was doing in his life. And... and <clears throat> um, if you look at it, 18 times, 18 times, he's going to talk about what God has been doing. And he's going to say things like this. He has led me into darkness, shutting out all the light. God has. He has turned his hand against me again and again, all day long. He has besieged and surrounded me with anguish and distress. And it goes on. It keeps going on and on and on and on. I mean, I mean the he is God. And though I cry and shout, he shut out my prayers. Have you ever felt like that one? He's filled me with bitterness and given me a bitter cup of sorrow to drink. And if you've ever felt like this, you know, we're not alone here on this. This person is not just going through a hard time. He's going through, he's got nothing. You know, he's got nothing, nothing at all. And, and the thing that keeps getting to me is the he. God, 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 I got, uh, you, you. And then he says this, everything I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. Boy, let that one sink in. Everything that I had hoped for from the Lord is lost. God, I, I had wanted this, I had wanted this, I had wanted this. It's, it's gone. And then he says this, I will never forget this awful time. This thing is leading, leaving scar deep in my heart. I'm never Going to forget this awful time. I mean, where do you where do you go from that? You know, where where do you, where can you go from that? Can you come back from that kind of a thing? So what's next? The next verse, he says this. Yet I still dare to what? To hope. And and when I read that, I think how? I mean how? Are you nuts? You know, are you crazy? 18 times you just simply said to God how bad things are. You know, you've just had your face mushed around in the gravel. You got nothing. You got nothing left. Everything's dark. Everything's gloomy. You know, who are you? You know, who are you and how can you say that? 
Who are you? And do you need stronger medication? I mean, I mean, what's going on? You could even say those kinds of, of things. How can you do it? How do you still dare to hope? How? Everything within reason denies that there's any hope left. Everything you've worked for is going to be gone in a few days. It's all going to be gone. You're going to be attacked and life is not going to get better. How can you dare to hope? Because if you can dare to hope in the midst of that, maybe what? Maybe I can. He says this, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. Okay, remember. I've got to remember something. What do I remember? He says the faithful love of the Lord never ends. God's love never ends. And what it is, is looking beyond these crazy circumstances that's going on in our life. This is what hope is. And grasping God behind it, that his faithful love doesn't end. Whether the glass is, is empty or full or dirty or have fingerprints on it, um, I know who holds the glass, and I trust him because I know that that's a God of love. And this moves from my experiences, my life experiences, that just seem to deny the goodness of God. And, 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 and honestly, they will. This life can seem to deny the goodness of God. As you go through it, if you look at it on that level, you know it can simply seem to deny it. But what he's saying is, with a personal relationship with God, it affirms again and again who God is, no matter what. So I dare to hope. Remember the film Christmas Story? Remember, uh, it, was just, it was just on. They have marathons for this. This is one where the kid wants the BB gun, you know, the, the Christmas movie where, 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 where Ralphie Parker wants the BB gun. And it's a cute story, and it, you know, it, it takes place back in, in Indiana or where else. And they have all these little vignettes of what kids in those days did, you know. And so it's kind of funny to see some of those things. And, and, and there's, there's part of it is where the, the scene on the playground where there's the frozen pole and the kid's going to stick his tongue to the frozen pole. Remember that? Remember that part of it? You remember the, the, kid, the kid is there and, and the kids are all gathered around him. It's, 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 it's there, and there's the pole here. And, and, and the kid who's got his, got his tongue out getting ready to do it. And he says, this is stupid. You know, he said, this is stupid. Yeah, and there's one kid that's egging him on. And he says, you, you know, so you know, he says, I dare you. You know, I dare you. And if you go back into your days, you used to do that with a friend. I dare you. And, and, and then he won't do it. And then he says, what? I double dare you. You know, I double dare you. And there's like a protocol, playground protocol, on you're supposed to do when he goes from I dare you to I double dare you. And then the narrator says that, 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 that he actually broke poor protocol and went from the, the double dare to the I what? I double dog dare you. You know, I double dog, which is the strongest of all things, you know, to be able to do that. It's like... Um, all your circumstances that are going on in life. Everything that's happening, you add them all up. And what the writer is saying to you is, not just do I dare you, but I double-dog dare you to trust in God. I double-dog dare you. Because when you understand who God is, it's really not that much of a dare. If you grasp the love of God in taking away your sin and wanting an incredible relationship with you, the circumstances and the situations don't seem so bad. 
He goes on and he says this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning, every day. Every day there's a new morning, and that means every day there's new promise, and every day there can be new hope. So as I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Inheritance is what I look forward to. Therefore, I will hope in him. Now, again, understand the situation. In a week, you're going to have nothing. You're going to have nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. But he's saying, I dare you. I dare you. God says the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. What happens when I have hope? When I have hope, I can get started again. I can certainly start again. Famous verse, big verse. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. The thing that keeps you going in life is hope. And it is a certainty that this day is one that God made and God has purposed in your life. And it's one in which God will work through. Second thing is, when I have hope, I can live with, and I'm not going to fill in that blank. That's for you to fill in. I can live with. I can live with what? You fill that one in. Because whatever burden is in your life, you can make it through. Because God's holding on to that life. And when I have hope, I can go on. I can push on. Um, Great story. The first woman to swim from Catalina to California. I mean, phenomenal. You know, I think, I think those um, ultra runners are nuts. You know, I just think they're crazy, and if you're into it, you know, God bless you, good luck, and I hope you enjoy your knee surgeries. But anyway, there's people that, that did. There's not only ultra runners, they're ultra swimmers, and they, they swim these insane miles. And, and, and this woman, she, she set out to swim from Catalina Island back to, 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 the, to the mainland, California. It's 22 miles, 22 miles. Open ocean swimming, you know, I can't, I can't fathom that one. The first time she tried it, she didn't make it, okay? And it's like, well, yeah, I wouldn't bet. She ended stopping a half a mile short. Can you imagine that? A half a mile. She swam 21 and a half miles and quit. Why? Because the fog rolled in, and she could no longer see the shore. And as a result, she lost what? She lost hope. Because she couldn't see. And a lot of us get like that, you know. All of a sudden the fog rolls in and we lose sight of God, of God's plan and God's purpose. And so we what? We, we, we lose hope because we can't see God anymore in this. In the New Testament, the word hope occurs one time before the resurrection of Jesus, just once. After the resurrection of Jesus, it occurs 70 times, Okay. That should clue you in on where the source of our hope can come from. Because if Jesus just simply died, you know, was a good guy, died, was buried in a tomb, you know, and that was it, I got nothing. I got nothing to say to you. There's no power in this. A good man who was a good teacher died, and he's gone, and that's it. So be nice to one another. But good luck with this life. Good luck with this world. Because God couldn't even raise Jesus from the dead. So Good luck for you. This is what Peter writes, who saw it all. In his great mercy, he's given us a new birth into a living hope 
through the resurrection of Christ Jesus from the dead. It's a living hope, alive, working. And even in this life, even when the fog rolls in, you feel like there's no hope. It's not true. Hope is always built on trust. It's always built on trust. And I want you to encourage, I want to encourage you to trust, to trust Jesus in this and to trust God in this, in the relationship we have with him. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up now. And in a second, we're we're just going to give you a chance to kind of sort through the thoughts personally with with God because sometimes, you know, afterwards you leave and and the thoughts begin to kind of go away. Um, Some of us need to trust the fact that God's working on a problem that we're facing, even though we can't see it. You know, the fog has rolled in and we're saying, God, I'm kind of losing hope for this. But today, you can say in your mind, God, I trust the fact that you're working through this even in ways I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. But I can trust you in this. And that starts when you have that personal connection with God through Christ. And this is where it all begins. And when we trust God, God does something amazing. Another Bible verse says this. Those who hope in me, God says this, those who hope in me will not be disappointed. And so whatever you're going through right now, um, trials, challenges, ups, downs, whatever it is, um, I don't dare you to hope. I what? Double dog dare you to hope and never let that go. Let's pray, can we? Father, um, thank you. In the midst of a broken world, a rainy, wet, slippery world, muddy world, disappointing world. We want to be honest with you and say that our situations sometimes hurt and they are frustrating and disappointing. Father, thank you that in the midst of them, we can see that you are holding on to things and that this will work out for good and this will change us so that we can be good and better for others. No matter what happens, Father, this isn't all there is to life. There's you. There's you behind it all. Today, Lord, we trust you. We trust you with our lives and we trust you with our problems. And we trust you with our hurts, Lord. God, we need hope. We pray that instead of us trying to find it on our own, you would give us your gift of hope today in a new and fresh way. For those that are struggling, those that are challenged, they walk away saying, there is a God and I have hope in him. And we thank you so much in Jesus' name. Thank you for being part of this morning. Um, I'm glad that you're here. Um, if you would like somebody to pray for you, I know we've kind of covered some, maybe opened up some raw wounds for some of you, and you say, I just need someone to pray with me today. Great people that will meet over there in the prayer room, so make sure you, you, you go over there after the service. 
If you have questions about faith, next steps for growth, you can talk to anybody up here. Um, we'd love to share with you a little bit about our stories or back at the, at the Welcome Center back there as well. What we're going to do next is we're going to, in a second, have you stand, and, and we're going to sing a song, and the buckets are going to be passed. And make sure you throw those connection cards in, those next step cards in that way, and that way we can collect them. With any offering you'd like to give, that's a cool thing um, you'd like to do as well. Hope you come back next weekend. Um, we're going to be talking about hope once again. Um, so God bless you guys. Let's all stand finish with the final song. Thanks. Love you and have a great week.